I I remember my first exposure to a two-stroke motorcycle was with two of my friends. There were three of us, and in our in our area we used to live, we used to have this huge garden, and it was it was circular in in shape. So on a Sunday morning, we all got together, took out his bike, and we're like, okay, let's go and learn the motorcycle now. So he took the first round, careful, all set. The second guy, we were three of us on the same motorcycle. None of us knew how to ride. And, you know, I've always been a little, a little curious. So I thought on a turn, he told me that on a turn, you're not supposed to accelerate so hard and keep a control over your clutch and your brake. I said, all right, we started on the third turn. I thought, what if I accelerate hard? What if I jerk off my clutch? I did exactly that. There were these four or five ladies out for their morning walk. We went and rammed the motorcycle into them. Welcome back to Drive With Us podcast. I'm Bhakti. And I'm Taryn T. Today's driver is Amandeep, all the way from India. He has been someone we have been trying to record with for so long, but with the huge time difference, it was super hard to get our schedules to match. But I'm so glad that we were able to chat with him because I truly had a blast and I'm pretty sure you truly had a blast. And he was just hilarious and i don't know if it's because we're punjabi he's punjabi but like (laughs) no matter how many times i've listened to this episode i have burst out laughing every time so you guys are in for a treat i hope you guys enjoy the punjabi humor as much as we did yeah i don't know if it is just because punjabis i feel like we are huge jokesters like we oh, wow. I feel like how we say things is always mm-hmm. in a joking fashion. It's never serious. It's yes. always like or like sarcasm. Or it's, yeah. like, it's like in some funny twist. Yeah, you'll definitely see that peeking out in all of our little conversations. It was fun. <laughs> it was very fun. And if you would like to see a video version of the podcast and us laughing like crazy people trying to not vocalize it while he's telling his story. <laughs> You can check it out at our Drive With Us podcast YouTube channel or our Patreon for the full video episodes. Without further ado, today's driver is Amandeep Deep, a hotelier by profession and podcaster who has a passion for photo and video creation. He hosts two podcasts and is India's only Punjabi podcast host. Welcome Amandeep to Drive With Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for for having me on the show. I know we've been planning this for quite some time and I'm, you know, finally excited to be here. Yes, we're finally excited to have you on. Before we go into your crazy driving stories, tell us a little bit about your driving background. So what are some of the places that you've driven and where are you currently? So I'm based in India. I'm, you know, actually a hotelier by profession, which has you know exposed me to a lot of traveling because you know every year and a half i had to change cities and jobs and being a youngster i always used to have you know that that adrenaline for bikes and cars and everything but uh, didn't have cars so yeah bikes bikes were my poison if you can say so right from my early days I've, i've always been a long drive enthusiast like I don't go vroom vroom in the city. I'd rather ride and drive on the highway. So there's just this connect that I have with the roads. I've traveled north. I've covered the entire north, west, central, and a little bit of southern India. My northeast India and east India is is completely pending. We had plans of going there in 2020, but then 
COVID happened, it's still on the charts. Well, that's awesome that you've driven so many different places. We also love road trips, so I totally relate with you. So how would you describe your relationship with driving? Is it something you enjoy? Do you like being the driver or do you prefer being the passenger? I like being the driver. You make me a passenger and I'll go to sleep. Or I will ask you to stop every 15 minutes to eat something or for a cup of tea. I'm a terrible passenger because I can't sit idle. And and then it has happened. So friends and families, we are in a car and I'm sitting, either I'm sitting behind or I'm sitting at the you know, passenger side in the front. And I'm constantly looking at the driver. Hey, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. And I'm and I'm thinking, right? <laughs> I just wish this guy gives me the steering so that I can drive. I love being the driver. So I'm I'm not a fast driver. I never cross 80 kilometers per hour. Uh, 80 and, and 100 at best. So I've done two cross countries from one part of India to the other. And uh, even during those long journeys, I used to never cross 100 because I feel that at at 100 kilometers per hour, you're doing justice to the car as well. You know, it's getting its time to breathe. And you're also enjoying. So Indian countryside and highways are beautiful. So yeah, I'm, I'm more of a driver. I, I love to drive. <clears throat> but if if there's no option, then I'd be the you know silent passenger with earphones in my head and I'm sleeping. Have you ever been in a car where you're the passenger and thought, this was a bad idea. I should not have gotten in this car. They're a terrible driver. It has happened uh, many times, unfortunately. So see what happens is when it happens, when, 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 you, when you're riding or driving with somebody, when you're traveling with somebody who's younger than you or who's you know, just your age, you can tell them. But with me, most of the times it has happened when there is someone elderly, out of respect, you can't say anything. I can't tell him that, dude, you're going wrong. What I do is when he's supposed to break, I break. Sitting at the coke, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going, no, no, stop, stop. You're not supposed to do that. The first thing that I do always in these instances is I go and complain to my wife. I'll tell my wife, <laughs> he, he did that, he did that, he did that. And she's like, okay, relax. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, well, you can't tell him. So you got to you gotta tell somebody, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've definitely been in those situations, being the passenger and being like, pushing the fake break. You're like, stop, yes. stop. <laughs> And then there have been times with people that I travel, sometimes you can't even show your, that you're upset, you can't show your aggression or they would feel bad. But eventually I start praying that God, please, I mean, I know I did a mistake. Let's just, <laughs> let's just not do this today. I will not sit with this guy again. I promise. <laughs> but it has, yeah. happened with, it has happened a lot of, I think it's, it's, it's pretty normal since you girls also travel three, three hours each day to, to and from your work. I think it's, it's very normal to understand that everybody looks at the traffic and the road and the vehicle from a different perspective and and i think the the biggest mistake that at least is what what i have ex, i've kind of experienced is every driver thinks he's the best driver in the world like the, the best this planet could ever have and will ever have <laughs> that's where you know yeah. all of us kind of go wrong <laughs> yeah that's uh, it's hard when everyone thinks that they're the best and then you see something wrong going on the road and you're like okay well you have to think how to save yourself and let them do their thing because you can't control it true true yeah so what would you say are your top three craziest driving experiences you've had so craziest there are more than three but yeah since you asked for top three the first one i'm categorizing them 
based on the adventure or based on the craziest that they've been but they may not necessarily be first in the timeline so number 1 when i was i was working in in a small place in in madhya pradesh in india there is this place called khajuraho it's it's a world heritage site so i was based there with my family my daughter was year and a half old and we had this atcc we still have that atcc scooter and we decided to go to a temple now the temple was about 200 odd kilometers one side so me and my wife decided to go there and, and there was no public transport i mean if i had to go if we had to you know use the public transportation it would have been terrible because there were no buses we had to take autos those three wheeled vehicles and stop at multiple points and wait and change too much of a hassle with the child so we decided to go on the scooter now that was the craziest that we had because my daughter was only year and a half this was like in the month of october and generally in october india is it gets its fair share of winters in october it's not that frozen but it's pretty cold so we decided that okay we'll leave in the morning early morning we'll start we'll pack up the child properly put it behind you no know, between the both of us on the back seat so that she remains warm she'll sleep and we'll ride we'll go say our prayers and then come back by evening this was as planned what we did not expect was the roads of course the condition of the roads and we thought that based on our earlier experiences that we would we would go straight away without stopping we'd take a stop so we would take us take only one stop right in the middle and then we'll reach but it didn't happen because of the child of course we had to stop take pictures and and loo breaks and whatever so we left at about 6 in the morning from from our house uh, we were supposed to reach there at 9:30 we reached there at 11:30 two hours late wow yeah road and, trips usually don't go as planned <laughs> yeah. and then the temple was at the top of a hill so you you had to take a cab and the cabs were timed like they would not there was not a constant movement of cabs so we had to wait there for another hour there was a whole lot of rush of people there too many people and i generally shy away from crowd i am not a crowd per guy i i i like emptiness and solace so we finally got a cab after like 45 odd minutes went up waited in the line said our prayers by the time we came down we were supposed to come down by 132 o'clock so that we could reach home at 6 we came down at 430 and it's it's almost sunset almost and but we said you know let's go we decided not to stay there but you know let's go so we started at 6:30 in the evening it was pitch dark and the entire road it was a state highway not a national highway and it was entire jungle pitch dark in winters light fog year and a half old daughter and passing through a jungle you know what i was going through <laughs> and my child suddenly started getting uneasy because of the cold although she was properly packed up but still she was she was very it was too small then finally at 8:30 we decided to stay over for the night at a small place which was about 2 hours away from our house but then we didn't want to risk it because of the jungle and at 8:30 it was like it was midnight so we went to a small town everything was shut nothing and that entire area is a very very small town when i say small town it literally is you know an actual countryside where you would not find any living soul after 8 o'clock so finally we managed to find one hotel a very small hotel the first thing we did is we went to the room uh, asked for hot water and the baby was comforted and everything and then we asked for dinner and we slept and then next day morning we got up and that place also had about 12 temples in the town so we decided since we already wasted a day 
let's not go so early let's see all the temples in the town also so on the google map i had highlighted all the places so we started you know hopping and visiting all the temples we reached back home at about 3:30 that afternoon we were all red because there was so much of dust and our neighbors the moment they saw us entering everybody was like where were you guys you were supposed to come back yesterday your phones are not reachable we were so scared you had a child why do you do this yang 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 started then we were like okay all right no worries we're back we're safe done <laughs> let's not talk about it so that's number one number two is i had a motorcycle this is way before my wedding and and when i say motorcycle i'm referring to 150 cc 100 cc bikes india still does not have the culture of 1200 cc bikes being so normal so me and my my would be brother in law I, i i was in goa he also was staying with me and we decided to go to my in laws my would be in laws way before my wedding so there was one road which would go take a turn it was like 30 kilometers of patch which was completely broken there were no roads they were like ditches and then there used to be another bypass road which would go around it so we would spend about 40 kilometers extra going from that side so both of us decided we, we being young and 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 crazy up in the head we decided to take the 30 kilometers broken patch we said all right let's see how bad it can be it turned out to be terrible <laughs> like we were literally <laughs> going down deep in the ditch and then coming out on the bike at multiple points he would have to get off and push the bike so that we come out of the ditch <laughs> by the time we crossed that patch we had to stop at at a restaurant ask for a lot of water so we could clean off our faces otherwise I, our, our family wouldn't have recognized us <laughs> it was completely red i couldn't see so much of dust on the bike also so we like spent 45 minutes cleaning ourselves and the motorcycle and then we started the journey again one of those memorable rides <laughs> then number 3 is is the latest one it's not crazy for us it was pretty normal but a lot of people called us crazy we just bought a new scooter again which is 125 cc it's it's a maxi scooter you know specially meant for those long rides but it's nothing like the ones that you have in europe or or the other countries so but this is a good scooter we bought it because we the daughter has grown up she's she's 8 years now and of course we also have grown up in circumferences so there's too less of a space on a scooter so we bought the scooter and we decided okay let's go so in 2019 uh, during the diwali holidays we decided to go to my in-laws on the scooter it's about uh, 400 kilometers from our place so i'm in in maharashtra pune they are in a place called belgaum which is in karnataka we said okay let's go for us it was very normal 400 kilometers no worries we stop after every 2 hours so every 2 hours we take a 30 minutes ka break so that we also get rest i get to eat get to click pictures the child also you know straightens up the bike also relaxes we can fuel up and then start again so when we came back we had covered about 950 kilometers on the scooter people started calling us maniacs they like you're going to die and and they would blame me because people still think that i am the dominant one so they would tell you'll die yourself you'll kill your wife you'll kill your child and you're not going to pay the loan if something happens to the scooter but yeah these are the top 3 i would say so going back to your first story i know that the child i guess seating rules are probably different in india than they are in america so i guess is more normal there to just not have restrictions for children in terms of sitting in vehicles there is only there are only couple of cities in india where those rules are followed to the checklist otherwise generally people don't follow so but we do as safety because people 
drive like avengers on these roads what we do is we ensure that our child is wearing a proper helmet my wife is wearing a helmet and i wear a proper turban and i ride on the extreme left we have the left hand driving system here so i i drive on the extreme left and i never cross 70 75 on the scooter on the highway because besides humans we also have cows and dogs and pigs running around the highways not that you know it's very common but there are a lot of villages on the way and there are fields right next to the highway so anything can come out anytime you know it helps me break at the right time stop at the right time since you were describing all these different parts of india that you have been to how would you describe the drivers in the different areas of india are there differences in drivers in different areas there are only two types of drivers there are drivers and then there are indian drivers that's the way i would put it you know as russell peters i don't know if you follow russell peters but you know he talks a lot about this in one of his videos he says that india does not have a system where you look for a lane india have has a system where you make a lane you you take it and go that's exactly what happens i mean there have been by god's grace we've been you know god has been kind enough to to you know save us a lot of times but on highways on national highways when everybody is driving at a very high speed i've seen big trucks and buses and tractors coming from the opposite direction on the wrong side and they would drive as if you know they own the road and i am on the wrong side it has happened uh, unfortunately in terms of traffic dynamics traffic in india has been the similar in all cities so i've traveled so much of india i've lived in so many cities i've traveled to so many places it it's the same i i don't see a change anywhere because of my riding habits right from the childhood i've always been taught to follow the rules and i will not say that i follow all the rules but i am better off than most of the population of the country like i'll give you an example there have been times in in cities when on a sunday there's generally no traffic i'm talking pre covid there's no traffic generally on a sunday the roads would be empty and if there's a traffic signal there's a red light i am stopping i'm the only one who's stopping at the red signal everybody is passing by and looking at me why is he standing there <laughs> that kind of makes me look like an idiot <laughs> for following the rules <laughs> there are some people who like to follow rules but eventually those are the same people who get hurt the most because nobody else is following the rules so in india we have this new saying you may be a good driver you may be a conscious cautious driver the other person may not be so now i don't have to get scared from my driving i have to get scared from the other person and i don't know who the other person can be Yeah that's a lot more scarier always having to look at every other person especially in India we've been there once and i totally understand what you're saying i would never, i don't think i'd ever be able to drive there people generally get get really really scared like a father of a friend of mine he used to drive a, a straight transport bus in 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 a city and he would always have this 4 feet 5 feet long thick cane kept right next to his door so whenever he would see somebody about to get under his bus he would take out the stick and bash him so he's broken so many car windscreens he's beaten up so many bikers and what not because eventually that's how the traffic system has evolved people don't wait even for a red light if you have a timer so now what the administration has done that they've put up timers on a red light it's very new in india it's only like 4 5 years old on an average a signal would be about 30 seconds or 45 seconds so we see the timer there the moment it turns it starts from 10 to 1 the smartest thing you can do is get on to a side and wait because at 
the moment it hits 10 everybody turns into dominic toretto and then you hear <laughs> boom 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 when it's 5 they're revving up with the clutches and the gears so bikes and cars are going front and back front and back you know the bumpers are dancing the moment it's 2 everybody takes off Gosh. so <laughs> it's, it's it's a so that's my rule of thumb whenever i see a red light signal i stop at extreme left so that everybody goes and then i cross oh my gosh do you think it's it's worse that they put those timers up or is it better yeah they they actually the administration did a great job by putting the timers there they actually did it for the good of the people but then i think people these days are are running out of patience i don't blame anybody all the jokes apart and what has happened is everybody is in a rush earlier what used to happen we used to have very good public transport system and there used to be very less crowd right people would leave at ease get to their destination with ease life was a little easier these days because of the internet uh, and why i blame the internet is because everybody is posting that they are super dudes on the roads and then all these companies are coming up with smaller engines but high revving engines people don't understand how physics work they don't understand how the mechanics of an engine work they just need something that you know takes off the moment they release the clutch and and then these bikes are getting very expensive a normal 150 cc bike which is labeled as a racing bike in my country it would cost you anywhere between 150000 rupees to 200000 rupees so now a person who's bought that that expensive a bike he would he would want to ride it at high speed what surprises me is that people riding at high speeds in the cities are the same dudes who would not cross 50 on a national highway and that's what you know <laughs> pushes me to the extreme like dude this is a this is a highway you're supposed to press the gas <laughs> push it <laughs> it'll go <laughs> people don't have time they don't have patience they, everybody nobody wants to wait for anyone they just want to you know reach i don't know what they're going to what they're going to do reaching so early but still they want to reach early Yeah, I I've seen that. I think that's everywhere. Everyone's starting to lose patience because we see that here too. People don't run red lights as much here. Uh, like they still follow that, but we do have timers on a bunch of our intersections. So the minute you see or people will look at the light on the other side and be like, "Oh, it's turning yellow." And they start going. They start letting exactly. go of the brakes and it's like, "It's still red. Stop." It's still red. <laughs> and one more miscalculation. People miscalculate the amount of traffic they're going to see. So what happens if so from my house I take anywhere between uh, 30 to 35 minutes to reach my office and it's a straight road. I get it from my house, get on the main highway, straight road and in 25 minutes I'll reach my office. Every day I I have this uh, thing. I I know that I I will take 30 minutes. If I push a little bit harder i will reach in 20 minutes but those 10 minutes are are what become suddenly they become very precious so everybody will be like ha theek hai no we'll we'll reach aaram se no worries we still have 10 minutes we still have 10 minutes everybody thinks they are very good like i said going back to the same point where i started from everybody thinks they're good with their vehicles and they can fly off the highway like a, a supersonic jet and you know everybody will be just waiting by the sides either side of the road to salute them as and when they cross but then that's where they go wrong everybody leaves late from their home and then when they get on the road they see the traffic they realize oh god i'm going to be late and then they start gassing up their vehicles and welcome to india <laughs> yeah if you don't If you don't plan enough in time, or if you underestimate 
how long it's going to take. People are going to be in a rush because then they realize, oh, no, I'm going to be late. I got to make up the time, which is not always smart. I'll tell you something. I, I was in Ahmedabad and my aunt, my mother's sister, stays 100 kilometers away in a city called Vadodara. And Ahmedabad, Baroda is, is, is a frequent commute for a lot of people. So the government built an expressway. Now, an expressway concept in India is it's a straight road for 100 kilometers. No turning, no speed bumps walled on either side so that nothing comes in between so you can really drive at high speeds that road also the speed limit is 120 you can't go above 120 because indian cars indian tires are not meant for such high speeds the tires burst and then the cars are all over the road on that expressway i would drive at 80 85 which is like real slow for that expressway as per public opinion so we would drive right at the extreme left 80, 85, constant speed and we are enjoying the drive. There'll be people who will be driving at 130, 140 kilometers an hour. And I used to talk to a lot of people and they'll be like, Are, I only take 45 minutes to reach Baroda. I said, what speed do you drive at? 130, 140. I said, I drive at 80. I reach in 55 minutes, only 10 minutes. What do you do with those 10 minutes once you reach there? And then there's no answer. That's what people don't realize. Driving is not about reaching early or leaving late driving is about understanding your vehicle also understanding that god forbid something happens you will not be able to brake at such a high speed i've done cross countries with a guy who was used to drive his car at 160 kilometers per hour as per me it is suicidal i would never even look at the vehicle forget getting into it but he knew very well he would talk to his car he knew that you know, my car can take this pressure there were times when he would really drive, drive at 85, 90 kilometers an hour because he knew his car cannot take the pressure right now. So the point is people just look at the engine cubic capacity. They don't even understand the torque or the horsepower. Nobody knows how to hold up a wrench and adjust their battery couplings. But they just want to drive fast. It actually, And I've done this calculation a lot of times. So the same distance that I traveled, that we traveled in 2019 to our in-laws on the scooter, we took six and a half, seven hours. 2020, I had a car and I took the car. It took me six and a half hours. Imagine a thousand cc car and a 125 cc scooter. Same time, same speed, 80, 80. Same pit stops. We stop at the same point, spend same time there, drinking our tea, coffee, photography and whatever same time it just doesn't matter people don't realize this and this is what makes me sad everybody is in a rush they don't know why are they in a rush it's like it's like turning into a hulk but you're turning into a hulk without getting angry you know like <laughs> yeah. you sitting i'm talking to you suddenly i'm all green why am i all green i don't know that is what is happening no i agree safety is very important but now that we heard your crazy driving stories let's dive into you as a driver i know we've gotten to know a little bit about how you are as a driver but if you had to describe yourself as a driver, how would you describe yourself? And would your family and friends agree? I'm a scared driver and I have no shame in saying this. Because I, over over these, especially after my marriage, especially I, I got different lives attached with my life. I've And I've always been before that also. I was never an adventurous guy. I was never the one who would take up his bike, get onto another car and then jump. I was never that action stunt type. 
I've always believed in enjoying the rides and of course I've had bigger bikes and I've pushed them to their limits but I've pushed them where they are supposed to be pushed. I'm a scared driver because I have this constant thing going on in my head that there are families attached with me I have to be careful and my family actually uh, my wife is now so when we got married this is a funny story when we got married uh, I used to have a motorcycle and my wife was not used to ride at high speeds when i say high 60 kilometers an hour was pretty high for her i had a new motorcycle and we would ride and she would tell me please ride slow please ride slow please ride slow now i'm a slow rider and she'll be like aman the entire road is empty we have to reach i'm just reminding you that you're not you know pedaling the scooter you can accelerate it <laughs> yeah so i'm a little scared a little careful driver because I I don't want to you know get into any instance. There are a lot of reasons, but one thing that 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 keeps constantly buzzing in my head is that I have to be careful because there are people with me. More than that, I love my vehicle. If I scratch my scooter, that's all right. I don't want somebody else to scratch it. You know what I mean? <laughs> If I fall yeah. down on 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 a road. out of control i would take it you know i would accept it although i would hate myself for it because i'll told eventually spend so much of money but i don't want somebody else to do it and and i have this very bad habit uh, when i say bad i mean bad as per my wife and my and my child if we if we schedule that we have to leave at 6 in the morning i will be ready at 5:30 and i'll start creating a scene at home i'll start shouting let's go let's go we are late we are late we are late and they'll be like we are supposed to leave at 6 i said no we are supposed to leave at 5:45 So I'm a little uh, crazy that way. Yeah, I, I think driving in India. I mean, I think that that's kind of like everyone's gonna get at least a little bit angry. Speaking of anger on the road, do you consider yourself someone who honks at other people? Because I know honking is it's the norm in India. People in India don't know that outside of India, honking is as good as cursing someone. People don't know that in India. In India, if you don't honk, somebody will really curse at you by honking at you. And honking in India is—I I would say—I I tell this to everyone that in India, generally, when people step out of their homes, get into their vehicles, the first thing that they do is they open up their heads, take out their brains, put them in the boot, and then start riding. Because then <laughs> they will not see you, they will not hear your honking, they will not—you know—hear your screams. They will just drive at their in in their own. world i have this habit of honking because i'm scared generally in the driving school we are told as per the government rules also that whenever you see a turn you are supposed to honk slow down i would do all of it but i do that quite often to an extent that one of my brother gets very irritated he doesn't travel with me because he's like i hate you because you honk so much i said yes because i'm scared because i don't know from somewhere i would see an entire avengers lot coming and stopping right in front of me i don't want that to happen so that's why i honk so what would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve one thing that you absolutely do not like other drivers doing people thinking they're invincible people thinking that they're ahead of their machines what people don't realize is that that's a machine anything can happen to it any time there are times when everybody would everything would go normal for like ages you don't need ages you just need that one moment for anything to go wrong and i have that scare deep down my heart also that i am not ahead of the machinery i am not ahead of physics i am not ahead of my destiny 
when people start thinking they are invincible that's that's what i don't like it especially in terms of vehicles we we all know what happened to paul walker nobody could have been safer than him but we all know sad story yeah it's like you said earlier you everyone should have at least a little bit of fear when driving because you're not invincible anything can happen especially in india anything can happen anywhere at any time correct it can happen anywhere so i i remember i'd gone to to malaysia once long time back people they don't honk there and the moment you put your foot down from the pedestrian walk the moment you put your foot down on the main road everybody 360 degrees everybody will break but i've seen instances there somebody braked there were no brakes like his brakes were free he went and rammed rammed the other guy he didn't do it on purpose it's just his machinery so anything can go wrong with the machinery and people have people have these bragging rights self declared bragging authority oh i can do this i can do that and i tell them very openly wait for the day when your vehicle does something with you then you will realize what i mean god forbid anything happens with anyone but yeah we're not ahead of the machinery you know it still dominates us exactly so now that we know a little bit about you as a driver let's go back to your driving first So how would you describe your first time driving experience and who was it with? My first time driving experience I will explain my first time riding experience and driving experience because in India we all start with scooters and and motorcycles. We did not have the the liberty and luxury of owning a car. My dad had a two stroke motorcycle and a two stroke scooter and uh, we used to cycle first. So we would learn how to cycle. then we would get on to two wheeler to learn how how to ride i i remember my first exposure to a two stroke motorcycle was with two of my friends there were three of us and in our in our area we used to live we used to have this huge garden and it was it was circular in in shape and we had a parallel road covering the entire garden with all lanes coming out so on a sunday morning we all got together took out his bike and we like okay let's go and learn the motorcycle now so he took the first round careful all set the second guy we were three of us on the same motorcycle none of us knew how to ride he took a first round safe the second one took the next round safe now it's my turn and you know i've always been a little a little curious i've always been very inquisitive i like to get deep into the the, the stuff so i thought on a turn he told me right, on a turn you're not supposed to accelerate so hard and keep a control over your clutch and your brake i said all right we started on the third turn i thought what if i accelerate hard what if i jerk off my clutch i did exactly that so i i was riding on third i lowered the gear to second jerked off the clutch and ramped up the gas there were these four five ladies out for their morning walk we went and rammed the motorcycle into them they fell <laughs> we fell and you know we we got up like sorry 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 the first thing that we did was to check if the motorcycle was all right otherwise his dad would have killed us up all there killed all of us there itself so one of us picked up the motorcycle we saw checked ourselves we were all right the ladies were all right you know and they were like do you know how to ride and i told them bluntly i said and you have this culture of calling everybody an auntie mm-hmm. said auntie if i knew how to ride i wouldn't have banged my motorcycle into you <laughs> so that was my early <laughs> riding experience early driving i remember i learned driving uh, rather i bought my first car after about 
year and a half of learning how to drive and i got it on, on from the main highway so on, on the main highway of course because it was a straight road i was driving very easily the problem started when i entered the main city to get to my house i got up from the highway right in the middle of a crossing <laughs> because i left the clutch a little early i was in third gear and it jammed there i would i was struggling to put it into neutral to start it again then i started put it in first then again jerked off and then again stopped then i had to request somebody to park it to a side and then i called up a friend of mine the dude i'm stuck here i can't get my vehicle to to, to roll please come and help me <laughs> i'm curious to know what is the driving process like in india like do you have to go through driving school and then what is your driving test like there are two stages to you know get a driver's license what we call in india so first thing is you go to a driving school they they would give you a package where they will teach you how to drive plus they'll also help you get your learner's license so that is very easy you get it online these days earlier also you would just have to take a form go to the transport office get your learner's license you learn how to drive and after 45 days you can go back again to the transport office to give the main driving test that test for a two wheeler there's a set process so first you sit on the bike put on your helmet switch on or crank up the engine put it in gear and then you are supposed to make an eight so you ride in an eight on the ground you do three rounds and you're done if you do it seamlessly you get your license for cars same thing you sit in put on your seat belt first then you crank up your engine and then you ride they would take you to you know a point where there's a little slope they would tell you to stop the vehicle ride in the middle of the slope and then with and they'll they'll draw a line in the front and the back of, of the tires and they'll tell you to roll up without going back and then go back without rolling up so that's it and then you get your learner's license and you get your driver's license but the rules are only followed as long as you're in the driving school once you're out you can be the wolverine you want <laughs> oh wow that's really interesting easy and more simpler test than i guess they test here in america they ask you to do way more than that <laughs> and now they've just come up with a new technology wherein you would go to you know these reputed driving schools designated authorized driving schools you would go there they would have a simulator there'd be cameras and sensors all around so you they'll simulate a test there itself and you get your license directly so now it's gotten way more easier because almost everybody plays video games in india and fast and furious is loved by everybody so they're going to pass in the simulation <laughs> is there something that you would wish was tested on the driver's test like that you would want to add to it how they handle stress during traffic how they handle the traffic anxiety and the driving anxiety because that is where everybody goes wrong why would you how would you get into an accident when you're when you when you can't think properly when you can't handle the kind of stress that you are in right in a situation in a traffic how would you do that that is something that you know should be checked and anyways people are so much so so stressed these days and you know then there is this 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 culture of music so in a car you would have loud music or if you're on a two wheeler on a bike or a scooter cycle motorcycle you would have your ear headphones plugged in with you know noise cancellation you wouldn't even know if there is a boeing 737 taking off right over your head you wouldn't know any of it so yeah these things kind of add up to the stress that's an interesting one i yeah i don't know how they would test that but i mean i think it's definitely 
definitely something that they need to teach, Good. like how to manage stress on the road. I guess they could, if they took you on the road, they could see how you exactly. handle the situation because true. it seems like they're doing everything in a closed course for your driver's true. test. True. So if they took true. you true. actually on the road, they could judge, okay, maybe they're not ready yet to drive they're here. The instructors are probably scared too. They're like, I don't want to take you on that road. <laughs> yeah, I love this job, but I love my life the most. <laughs> so tell me something, how do they teach driving there? Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you... Uh, how it happens here in in a in a in a driving school the vehicle that you are learning in so i would have the main controls the the instructor who's sitting on the other side also will have controls with him so do you have the same thing there so in our driver's education class you use their vehicle to drive and they have controls on both sides but right. when you go to take the test you can do it in your own car so the tester like the driving instructor who gives you the test has no controls because no. it's your car you only have it on your side so there's that difference but you can take it in the driver's education car you have to rent it but you have that like option all right all right okay so this is a great segue into our next question we were talking about your past driving experience your current driving experience let's talk a little about future driving experience so there is this possibility of self-driving cars Yes. And it could become something we have an option of in the near future. What are your thoughts on self-driving cars and would you get in one? See, I'm an Indian. I'm a proud Indian. And I would never want to get into a self-driving car in India because there are a lot of things at play. And, and okay, so as a driver also, people are going crazy about Tesla and, and the Tesla autopilot. I, I, don't, I don't like it because... I don't even agree to the concept of hiring a chauffeur or having a permanent driver for your vehicle, right? Why would I buy a car which is costing me 40 lakh Indian rupees, right? 400,000 Indian rupees I'm paying and I hire somebody else to drive it. What's the point? I look at it from that way, like it's a bad investment. If I've taken such a powerful car, I would drive it myself. Now with self-driving, what will happen is driving for me is, is also a stress buster. Due to COVID, we've been home for like more than two years, almost two years now. And I just can't wait to get out on the main road with my family and just ride. Do nothing. Just ride, get outside the town, grab a cup of tea, eat some street food and come back. That's it. I can't have that feeling in a self-driving car. Although I would love to have it for my wife. <laughs> but I, I would never get into, you know, a self-driving car because you know what I mean, right? Every driver thinks he's the best driver. And I, I only trust two people in my life. One is a good friend of mine. He's a rally racer. So I know he can't kill me. Second is, you know, yours true. I don't trust anybody else. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> even the machines. The future of self-driving vehicles in India, it's a little bleak. Because our dynamics are completely different from most of the countries of the world. Like, let's talk about America. You have straight roads, never-ending straight roads going, getting right into the horizon. It doesn't work that way in India. Indian roads are not straight. Even Indian highways are not straight. Turns and curves and ups and downs all over the place. So I don't know how a self-driving car will be successful, especially in towns. And then yeah. we've got road bumps. We've got speed breakers. We've got vehicles broken down right in the middle of a road. You know, you leave the road. So today you're coming home from office. The road is in impeccable condition. Tomorrow morning you get on the same road to go to office. It's not there. They're all, it's all broken and in pieces. 
I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with the self-driving vehicles in India. But as a driver, I would not get into one. I would not buy one. Yeah, I think it would also be kind of hard in India because of the way that people drive. It's like, how will the machine know that people are coming from left, right, not in their lane, like coming from all directions? They're not stopping at lights. Everyone would have to have one, I think, for it to work. Yeah, adding on to what you said, India also has a culture. So let's say if I tell my friends that my vehicle is a self-driving vehicle, they would put it to, to an actual test. So they would literally tell somebody, pay somebody that, okay, drive your vehicle towards this guy. <laughs> they want to check the vehicle. <laughs> they would oh, throw no. a cat in front of the vehicle. They would you know, pick up a dog and throw it in front of the vehicle. <laughs> they would do that. <laughs> yeah, we, we're crazy. We, we're a crazy breed of people. <laughs> Bonus question time. Are you ready? Super excited. Tell me. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? Ride sharing. Share your drive. Pool, pool your vehicles together. Because with all said and done, so I, I'm a history buff and, and I firmly believe that to predict or understand your future, you need to know and understand your history. The technological advancements have been great, great. Like nobody could have imagined a world which is so technologically advanced. You are in the other part of the world. 14 hours, 15 hours is the time difference between both of us. But yet here we are talking to each other as if we are sitting face to face. That's the advancement blessing of the technology but at the same time there's a lot of damage that we're doing to the environment to the money imagine four of us staying in the same area going to the same office every day spending the same amount of fuel in four different vehicles imagine if all of us could get together in one car and share the expenses we would have saved so much of traffic on the road we would have saved so much of fossil fuel which is getting extinct and getting expensive by the day we would have saved so much of pollution that goes out in the environment. I, I would really want people to realize now that it is time to leave their egos aside and start thinking from their brains and not from their egos. I, I would love to see that kind of world. Yeah, I feel like COVID, although it locked us into our house, it did help open up a lot of people's eyes to see how much we were polluting the planet. Because a lot of places it started to get a little clearer and you could see a little more, like there's not as much smog in the air and you could tell like we were causing so much of this so quickly. Correct. And, and I've always had this thinking, Indians, we Indians are very ego driven because we've always been looked upon. We've always been considered not a comfortable country by, by the entire world. And even in our country also, the way we all have been brought up, kids who were born in 80s and 90s, they, they've they seen their fair share of struggles. So what happens? Suddenly, this India became the uh, internet and the, and the IT hub of the world. A lot of countries started investing in the country. A lot of money started floating around in the air. Rather than using their brains and saving money, people started using their egos and started buying three cars, four two-wheelers. Now, in a family of two, or let's say in a family of four, mother, father, husband, wife. So their son and their daughter, in four people, they would have three vehicles. So mom and dad will take a separate vehicle. The husband will take a separate vehicle. The wife will have a separate vehicle. I don't see a logic behind it. Rather than spending that much of money, I mean, you can imagine what you can do with that kind of cash lying into your account. Every time I go out to buy a car, I asked this question and rather my wife is the one who's, who's kind of taught this to me that why do you need a car? 
what's the point of buying a fancy car and then parking it in the parking and paying installments when you don't have roads and spaces to drive and there's no absolutely no place to park you can't get go out on a family dinner with your car because there's no place to park so the bigger headache is first you have to find okay where will i park depending on where you get your parking you you will have to decide where you want to go for dinner so what's the point we have a two wheeler that's all right we will the only time when we will not be able to go out is when the weather is not good outside which is you know monsoon which is this time of the year that's okay we'll order it i think people need to realize that you know that that there's no point of having four cars but you'd rather have two cars if at all you want to have two separate vehicles for the family have two vehicles and then save the other money you can use it in some other way you can invest it multiply it lot of things lot of things i may be a little philosophical but that's what i also i'm trying to teach my daughter that this is not an investment this is not a show off it's a bloody suicide yeah that's actually a really good way to think of it a lot of people don't think that far into it they're just like oh okay i just have this shiny thing i can show other people look what i got and then they don't think further of the consequences or like how much it's going to cost or where can you put it like none of that comes into consideration till after it's already done and now especially with in in india the fuel is at an all time high it's it's about 105 106 rupees just to put things into perspective last year 2020 when covid started fuel cost was 82 rupees and at 82 rupees people were bleeding and now it's 105 106 i've started oiling my cycle because once my office starts i'm going to cycle to the office i can't afford that i'd rather pool in with somebody and pay him half the money and save some space on the road and save my vehicle and save my money yeah splitting the cost is a good way to think of it too because you're both saving money and you both get to the destination Correct. so before we let you go do you have any final thoughts or any tips to give other drivers enjoy the drive there's no point rushing into things if you bought a car that can run at a very high speed try driving it at extremely slow speeds it'll give you double the pleasure of driving at a high speed so when people go and take a test drive they would really rev up the engine and turn it into an f16 i don't do that i always test the vehicle in low revolutions so that i get to know how powerful the engine is yeah what i would say enjoy the drive eat a lot when you're driving enjoy every place is something else to do it's a beautiful world out there <laughs> that's a really good way to think of it well we want to open up the space for you to plug yourself so is there anything you would like to share with our listeners you can follow me on instagram my handle is amantu i am also creator of a youtube channel uh, my channel is called bk3 studios and i host two podcasts one is uh, the biblio babu show which talks about a lot of things that are happening you know in the country i host some amazing guests one is called touch button which is india's only active punjabi podcast uh, and it's meant for the punjabi community Thank you so much for coming on. It was really fun being able to hear your perspective of Indian driving and hear your crazy driving experiences. I thank you enough for inviting me on the show. It it it's really different being on the other side of the mic. Generally I'm the one asking uh, and and probing my guests, but it really felt amazing. I could speak my heart out. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I may have gotten a little overboard, but I request the listeners to not hunt me down. That's you know, that's just the way I I am. I love to talk. Thank you so much for this.
I loved how he referenced Fast and Furious and Avengers when describing everything about Indian drivers. It was a really good comparison, but and it made sense. I don't know. I just I love the Hulk. The Hulk just got me. Yeah. Like, like yes. It's always so interesting to hear how different countries' driving practices are, like what their driving behavior and culture is. And I guess it kind of makes sense when you think about it that a country that was not initially built for cars, how difficult it would be to drive a car in that country versus Mm -hmm. like a scooter that is meant for smaller, tighter spaces. So I can understand why some of the driving behavior is the way it is in those countries like India. But his description of when you see the timers from 10 to 1, just get to the left side and hide. Just get out of the way because the bumpers start dancing, they start revving, (laughs) and boom, they're off. After visiting there and also hearing his stories, I don't think I could ever drive there. I feel like Maryland drivers themselves are the craziest I can deal with. Like, I feel like they're crazy. And they're definitely crazier than Maryland. There's definitely crazier. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to handle it, especially with the fact that as he described, the first thing that Indian drivers do is they take out their brains, stick it in the boot, and then they start driving. I, can, I don't think I can deal with brainless drivers. I don't, well, I don't know if, it, like, I feel like I see some brainless drivers here, too, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like people think their car can drive themselves and they can just look at their phone. Yeah. And it's like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but I'm curious to hear from you guys, the listeners, if you can relate to any of Amandeep's stories and if you have ever driven India or another country where the driving is different from where you currently are, if it's a little more chaotic or not, leave us a comment below or DM us on Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast. Well, we hope you enjoy listening to Amandeep's driving stories. We know we did. We laughed so hard. And be sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear a sneak peek of next week's driver, Chris Barrow, our first UK driver. Woo! And he shares about failing his driver's test, last minute interview with Robert Downey Jr., and a 3 a.m. flat tire. Thank you for tuning in this week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review. It truly does help us get discovered. Thank you for choosing to drive with us, and we'll see you next week. When you work in radio, there's certain um, big-name people that you want to meet and interview. And actually, when I lived in Cambridge, there was this thing called the Cambridge Union at the university, where a lot of speakers from around the world came to talk, and they'd invited Robert Downey Jr., uh, and he was turning up in person. So on that day, I was driving quite far away from Cambridge, about 45 minutes away, uh, I was going to London and on the way I got a phone call and they said, oh, um, Robert Downey Jr., there is a space and you can interview him and you've got to get here in the next 45 minutes. And I was exactly 45 minutes away. So I turned the car around within the speed limit, completely bombed it along the motorway to try and get back to Cambridge. And just as we were approaching Cambridge, there was a huge, the world's biggest traffic jam. And I thought, I'm not going to make it. They've uh, they've told me that I can meet Robert Downey Jr. I'm not going to make it. 